Welcome back, and thank you for joining me again today on the podcast. I talk with Elizabeth Gould. Elizabeth is a author and a reinvention coach, and she's done a lot of really awesome stuff in her career. Um, but before before we get into that, let's talk about engineered sleep real quick. Engineered sleep, a mattress manufacturer based out of Greenville, South Carolina. And their main goal is to make finding the right mattress for you as easy as possible. And like I've mentioned, I bought my last three mattresses through these guys and they are amazing. I love them. And um, as you all know, sleep is the number one thing you've got to focus on right away for good health. And so many people put it on the back burner. It doesn't make any sense. It all starts with your mattress. So reach out to the team at Engineered Sleep. You can go to their website at engineeredsleep.com, and if you use promo code LIVE10, you will get 10% off your order, or if you're around the Greenville, South Carolina area, they have a showroom, so go visit them in person. Either way, reach out to Engineered Sleep, use promo code LIVE10, and you will get 10% off your order, so start sleeping, sleeping better and getting your health right. Elizabeth Gould, so... Like I mentioned at the beginning, she is a personal reinvention coach. She is a best-selling author. She is a professional speaker, and she has an awesome story. So she started out um, as a lawyer, and through her career, she realized she wanted to do something different, and she has she has transformed her life to helping individuals reach their potential, which which is amazing. Like that's what we kind of all would strive to do if we can help individuals become the best selves that's uh i mean that's the goal of life and uh i love her new book feeling forwards we talk about that we give tips and tricks and all these different things you can do as an individual and the people around you to to help better your life and better yourself and and get through things you're going through so um if you enjoy the episode Share it with friends and family. Give us a nice rating on Apple Podcasts. If you have enough time, give us a review. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Elizabeth Gould. Welcome to Live Life in Motion, where the goal is to bring you conversations that give you the power of education so you can use those tools to optimize your life on a personal and professional level to better yourself, your community, and those around you. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Thank you, Sam. I've been really looking forward to this. Yes, same same here. And uh, I've been reading and listening to you a lot recently, and I just love your story and kind of what you stand for. And talking about your new book, where did the journey start? for you to start writing Feeling Forwards? That's such a great question because I think in some ways it's ironic that I wrote Feeling Forwards when in many ways I've I've lived my life almost a little backwards. (laughs) You know, when um, you go through a challenge as an adult and you, you go through a really tough time and then you develop your own coping skills and you you move forwards and you you get on with your life and overcome that challenge. Well, I had an unusual start in as much that I think I developed the coping skills before I had to go through all the challenges that I have had to face. And what happened was when I was was very young, I was was nine years old, I had this moment of utter clarity. 
And I was in a situation where all of a sudden I realised that that my family was poor. I was standing in a, a fruit and vegetable market and I was looking at my mother rushing around before closing time trying to save a few cents on vegetables. And it struck me that my father had just lost his job and, and money was really, really scarce. And I even remember where I was standing, I had this thought, I'm going to make sure I am so successful. My children never have to see me go through this. Mm-hmm. And I came from, a, um, my parents were migrants. They were unskilled migrants. There was no extended family to take care of us and no one really to turn to. So I remember I went to the library and instead of borrowing children's books, I went across to the biography and the autobiography section and I chose a biography or an autobiography every week to read because in my childish way, I figured if you had a book written about you or you'd written a book that someone else wanted to read, you would have been pretty successful. And that's when the concept of really focusing on feelings actually started because I didn't really appreciate it at the time, but a common thread emerged, a golden thread from all these stories in that it started out with someone wanting to do something to be something and, and maybe it was a, could have been a rock star or an actor or even a concentration camp survivor or a politician. They all felt that they could do something even when everyone around them told them their nose was too big or <laughs> no one liked their speeches or their music was total rubbish. They just felt that despite every fact that was presented, they could get there. And even when they felt like giving up, they didn't. And it was such an amazing gift because I learned from that young age that feeling normal isn't feeling fabulous. Feeling normal isn't feeling confident and unstoppable. Feeling normal is when you're a little bit uncertain and you're not sure that it is going to work out, but you just take that first step anyway. And then, of course, as the the living life backwards comes into it, as you'll know from reading my story, I I had a I was in a horrific car accident when I was 17 and I watched someone else die on the road. I had cancer, I, I had was a victim of a major crime, I had all these very colorful events that I didn't necessarily want happen. But really understanding that somehow I could feel my way through it carried me through. And then in my third book, I explored that feeling forwards. I really drew on that and thought, well, why does that happen? And how can I how can I show everyone else that they can use their feelings to achieve what they want rather than just thinking about it? And that's that's what I love because you can channel your feelings and you can either do it in a positive way or a negative way. And you talked about this in in something I recently heard from you was about your childhood make-believe. So when you're young, you're always sitting there dreaming about, hey, I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm going to be, you know, a sports player, writer, author, or whatever it might be. How can someone, when they're trying to reinvent themselves or maybe try to find their way, go back to those feelings and use them really in their adult life? Oh, I love that. And I I love childhood make-believe because childhood make-believe isn't sitting in a corner and thinking about which eye to put the eye patch on if you're a a pirate or which superhero you should be. You watch children, if if you can't remember your own childhood, but you watch children and they transform themselves instantly. And we still 
have that power to do that. We just, to an extent, overthink things. And what I've done in the book is I've written about not only my own stories, but a lot of entrepreneurs have coached and a lot of successful business people I've interviewed. But there's also a number of uh, scientific experiments because I really wanted to make sure that Feeling Forwards wasn't a book about um, wishing and hoping. It was a book of, uh, that gives you a very structured and practical way to apply using your emotions every day to, as you say, for positive. But one of my favourite um scientific experiments was conducted at MIT and there was a, a group of people who were first of all given an eye test and then they were divided into two groups and one group uh, was dressed up as a pilot a whole uniform that had the 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 very smart jacket everything and they were taken into a um a cockpit into a, um, oh, the words escape me now, when you, you go into a, a make-believe cockpit, a flight simulator. Yes. And they were chose to pretend they were pilots. They were actually encouraged to make-believe. And they were told, to, the, the group that were dressed as pilots were told to play with the instruments to, to be a pilot. And then while they were in the cockpit, Therefore, planes flew past and they had serial numbers on their wings and the make-believe pilots were asked to read out the numbers. Then the group who sadly missed out on dressing up as a pilot, just were in their regular clothes, were also shown into the flight simulator, but they weren't encouraged to make-believe at all. They said, look, just sit there and, oh, look, there are four planes going past and um, just read out the serial numbers on the wings. Well, the group that were lucky enough to be make-believe pilots outperformed their eye test from only a short time earlier and their vision actually improved really? from the eye test they'd done previously. Yeah, and what I love about it is, um, and I detail all the background in my book, but the even the people conducting the experiment were a little bit concerned and they actually gave the group that weren't dressed up as pilots a bit of a chat because <laughs> they performed so badly. They said, oh, look, come on, guys, you know, you can do it. You know, let's jump back into that flight simulator and let's read out some more numbers. And I thought it's such a powerful story but also such tangible proof that the power of your emotions, as you say, for positive can transform you if you totally immerse yourself in that version of what you want to occur. Is that as simple as almost believing in yourself, just giving yourself that self-belief that you can at any age accomplish something new or, you know, go further in whatever it might be? Is it really self-belief? It is, but with an extra layer. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of great press about the power of positive thinking, but there's also a little bit of doubt around about manifestation, and that's where feeling forwards isn't about wishing and hoping and then feeling fabulous. Because if you use feeling forwards, you become the person who has the life you want. So, as I say to my, I used to coach many entrepreneurs who were overwhelmed, unfit, their finances were in a mess, 
And they used to say to me, no, no, when I've sold my app, when I've made my first big sale, when my product's in Walmart, then I'll get a personal trainer and I'll get my finances into all that. And like, no, 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 if you want to be this incredibly successful, wealthy person, you have to not only feel like that, but you have to behave like that now. There aren't many billionaires who, whose finances aren't in order. It doesn't happen. You have to transform yourself just like you would if you were a pilot. I mean, the people in the experiment, they they not only looked like pilot, they felt like them, but they behaved like them as well. And that's where feeling forwards is one step further ahead in a, in a really fun way from just thinking I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. Because let's face it, if we could think our way to success, we would keep every New Year's resolution <laughs> and we would carry out every good intention. And it just doesn't work that way. And one thing I love about your work is, especially in Feeling Forwards, is like the positive mindset. And something that you always say is today is the past of your future. And looking at, you know, really the past year, and everything we've been going through, I find people stuck in negative mindset. They wake up, they see the news or whatever it might be, and it's hard for them to get out of that. What would you, what's your first step? What do you tell people to start, to start moving forward, to start feeling forwards? What's, what's the first step in, in turning those emotions positive? That's a great question. And there's a, a number of layers to that question because the challenge I have with positive thinking is, is sometimes it involves, at its most extreme, it can be delusional because, you know, as much as we would like to have a pandemic, it's there. Mm -hmm. So we have to deal with it. Um, it's a little bit like um, positive thinking can be a bit like sometimes, let's say your car breaks down by the side of the road. Well, no amount of positive thinking is going to get that engine to start again. But you can I use, wish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you can use what I um, coach and, and teach about instead is using positive focus. So let's take the car first, and then we'll move to the big stuff like the pandemic. But you can power of positive focus when your car's broken down is okay. I know I have the resources. My my cell phone is charged. I can call someone. Mm -hmm. I know I can get on my way quickly, and this is just going to be a minor bump in the road, forgive the pun. <laughs> with, the, with the pandemic and with all the uncertainty, it, it was really interesting for me on a personal level because the day after, I think it was the World Health Organization announced that this was a pandemic. I remember waking up and I, I felt like this, this huge leaden lump in my, my stomach and I thought, oh, my God, I'm feeling really, really uncertain. When have I felt like this before? And I remembered feeling like that the day after I was diagnosed with cancer and I woke up and it was that big weight of uncertainty that, that really threatens your, your health, your happiness, everything. But where Feeling Forwards came into it for me, I, I had a, a, a nasty prelude, if you like, to Feeling Forwards in January 2020 because I had two members of my family who were facing significant life challenges and I had a girlfriend who'd gone from having a slight cough to being diagnosed with um, stage four lung cancer and all these people I, I loved so much but I couldn't do anything to influence the outcome of what was happening to them or I could love and support them but I couldn't change anything mm -hmm. and after a, a 
one of many sleepless nights. So I, I woke up and um, said to my husband, I said, look, we can't resolve any of this for our beautiful loved ones, but let's use feeling forwards. Let's pick three things in six months time. We're going to look back on and be proud that we did. And let's focus on those three things and how we can impact our lives positively in that space. And we, one was to do with health and exercise and the other two were quite personal decisions. And six months later, we, we did look back. We were proud of the focus that we had taken to positively impact ourselves. We also look back and my family members resolved their challenges in ways that I could never have imagined, but was very, very positive. Mm-hmm. And my girlfriend was in remission. And even her oncologist says, I don't know how you did this, but but you did it. So does that does that resonate with you in terms of the power of positive impact and focus? Yes. I mean, I love it. And that's something I try and do on a personal level and the people that I'm around on a daily basis. And, and like you said, it's not always easy um, when you have outside influences. But, you know, even looking at things more in a more positive light and then setting some tangible things to do that you can look back on and reflect, it gives you a sense of accomplishment. And what would be, so what would be the first step for someone trying to get, to trying to feeling forwards? What's the first action item you would tell them to do? Whatever you focus on, will generate the emotions relevant to that focus. So if you, for example, I mean, everyone talks a lot about gratitude and gratitude is one of the most powerful emotions we can we can have in the most positive way. And in the book, I, I dive very deep um, briefly into the, to the science of energy because we can measure emotional energy around the body and different emotions have different levels of energy, both positive and negative. Mm-hmm. And gratitude is incredibly powerful. I think in any instant, in any day, you can focus on what is working and what will move you forward. And you can also focus on what isn't working and won't move you forward. And I think that's where the power of of habits are so hard to break because we get into to patterns and rituals of even the way we get up. And unless you break that pattern and choose to focus on something that is part of the life you want rather than the life you have, you, you can get very stuck in those in those negative habits. I think with noticing what you notice is, is perhaps the most powerful thing that you can do for your life in general. I like to um, say it again. Notice noticing what-, what you notice. Wow. Okay. I had a, um, it's an example of, of negative energy. I, I lived once in a, a house where there was a small group of shops very close and there was a what we call a greengrocer, a fruit and vegetable store. And I would pop in on my way home to pick up a few things for dinner. And I actually had to stop going because the, the lady that owned the store, her focus was so constantly negative. I would find myself depressed walking home. Yeah. I bought my vegetables. I would pop in and say, oh, hi, Mary. Oh, it's a, it's, um, oh, hasn't it been a great day? And it would either be too hot, too cold. It rained. Everyone was grumpy. Um, yes, it's been a nice day, but tomorrow will be different. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess 
sad for her because it, whatever happened, she just chose to focus on what wasn't working. Now, I'm not talking about standing in front of a, a, a garden full of weeds and saying there are no weeds, there are no weeds, but you can stand in front of a garden and saying, gosh, when I've got rid of the weeds, this is going to look mm-hmm. fantastic. Live Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Engineered Sleep. Engineered Sleep is a mattress manufacturer and they are based out of Greenville, South Carolina. They have been making mattresses for as long as I can remember and their main goal is to make finding the quality mattress for you as easy as possible. Um, they have a showroom in Greenville, but you can also visit them at their website, engineeredsleep.com. If you go to their website, use code LIVE10 and you will get 10% off. As you guys know, sleep is the number one thing you need to focus on for good health. And it all starts with your mattress. So stop putting it on the back burner. Go get yourself a mattress from Engineered Sleep and start living a better life. It's something that I try and do on a daily basis too, and especially within whenever I'm looking at a problem, I try and you try to, you gotta find the solution instead of looking at it as a problem or look at it as an opportunity to become better. And I even when I like make mistakes or I'm wrong about something, nowadays I tell my fiance I love being incorrect because that means if I look at it in the right way, it's an outlet for me to become better because I have now learned a new way about doing something or something that I didn't know before, but now I know because, you know, now I got better, but people are afraid to make mistakes and they're afraid to, you know, offend anybody. What would be, when you've worked with so many successful people and so many successful entrepreneurs, what are some of the traits you see that they can always work on? Oh, that's really interesting. I mean, I love that you just shared that attitude because that is very, very similar to mm-hmm. those successful entrepreneurs. I mean, um, I, I, I just don't like the word failure. I, I say to my, my coaching clients, we're not going to use the F word, okay? You tried something that didn't work. <laughs> that's all it was. You know, you watch um, a small child trying to walk or trying to learn how to, to pick something up or even using a fork or a spoon for the first time. Sure. I mean, it's, it's a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep going. I tried something, it didn't work, so they tried a slightly different way. I think the really successful entrepreneurs they know how to pivot and they don't get emotionally stuck. I see so many, it it breaks my heart. I see so many entrepreneurs who start out with such a fixed idea of what their product or their service or their offering is going to be that even when there's every single sign that that the product needs tweaking or the service isn't quite what the market needs at the moment because they get so emotionally attached to the X that they thought was going to be the next big big thing. They don't see the opportunities that there could be with just a small change. Or I have entrepreneurs that, that have got so stuck, I'll say to them, well, have you got a customer yet? Is there one person who's actually wanted to buy this product? And they said, no, 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 it's not ready yet. And it's like, well, you actually need to have, you need to meet the market. And I think the successful entrepreneurs don't take that 
personally, if something doesn't work or they wanted to invent an X, but everyone really wanted an X plus something else, they go, wow, just like you demonstrated with your attitude to Zen. Wow. Okay. I've learned something. I thought this would be great. It turns out that everyone wants something slightly different. So let's go for it. Mm-hmm. And and in that way, they use feeling boards because they, they use the emotions, as you demonstrated, of excitement and adventure, not, well, I've, I've failed because sure. what I thought would work isn't working. Right. It's turning what could be a negative into a positive. So a positive light moving forward about how you can, can get better. And something you've spoken about recently is kindness and the power of kindness and how to increase compassion and kindness within your life. How powerful is kindness and how powerful is it for your mindset? Wow. You know, kindness is is such a secret superpower. And one thing I, I have been speaking about a lot is I think that people have been so isolated with, with some of the lockdowns and and but unaware that you can still reach out to others with, with the power of kindness. I will never forget I had um, I was the victim of a, a very unpleasant home invasion in which I was quite badly injured and and the the offender was a, a young guy in his early 20s and he went to jail for a very long time but I'll never forget soon after that I was um, in a cafe just sitting there waiting to order a coffee. But at that time I was still quite traumatised and I'd still had visible injuries and anyone looking at me would know I wasn't travelling well. And the waiter came over and he looked very similar to the person that had attacked me and he was the same age. And he obviously sensed that I wasn't going through a particularly great time and he kind of almost not quite knelt down, but he bent down to my level and said, what can I get for you, sweetheart? And it was a small act of kindness. But, you know, the I have never forgotten the kindness, not only of friends, but of strangers. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all, and one thing I, I talk about in the book when I, I talk about some, some of the quantum science behind feeling forwards, but we're all connected. And even small acts of kindness are, are just like beacons of light in our lives. And I don't think we ever appreciate the impact that we have on others, but... Being kind to others in everything you do and at the same time being kind to yourself really, as I've learned from my own experiences and so many others, can really lift you out of times that really are quite difficult. And that's so true because when somebody is kind to you or, you know, the opposite, they're, they're mean to you, you seem to always remember that feeling that they made you feel. And if it is somebody kind and say you might have met them once 10 years ago, but you will always remember them because they just had that small act of kindness. And it's so easy for people to do. And gosh, just think about how much greater or how much happiness would be in this world if people were just a little bit more kind and took 30 seconds out of their day to say something to one person a day, like a more kind comment. Absolutely. And, you know, the most successful people I have met have usually 99% of the time have been the most generous and also extremely kind. Yes. You don't have to be ruthless and horrible to be successful, I, I guarantee. And generosity. And it's so it's so rewarding to be generous, you know, to give. I'm, you, you, 
you shared a story earlier um, on a podcast I listened to about somebody giving you a quarter for a coffee, I believe. And I think it was in the World Trade Center. And it's something you always remember. Yes. Yeah, so I was um, I was actually, uh, at that time, there weren't many bookstores that also had cafes and the World Trade Center was one of the few. And I was there a, f- a couple of decades ago, my first trip to New York, and I was using up all my, my change, as you do when I was <laughs> coffee and I was a quarter short. And um, this lovely guy reached into his pocket and said, no, no stress, he could obviously tell I was a tourist from my accent. He said, oh, no, no, no problems. And he put the quarter in. And, you know, I felt so connected to him when, when obviously the tragedy of the World Trade Center occurred. I just hoped that if he had been at work that day, he'd gotten out in time. Sure. And you, you spoke about it a little bit earlier, the science of emotions. What is some of that science that might resonate with people or be impactful to people for them to understand the science of emotions and how it can affect you? I think it really connects back to there's been a culture really in in personal development literature for, um, I think, an overemphasis on thinking. You know, you can think your way to success. You can, you have these habits and, and they magically work and we could really get stuck in our heads very, very easily. I think with using emotions and being able to transform yourself is understanding that you can actually choose your emotional reaction to anything that happens throughout your day. Uh, when I when I'm coaching entrepreneurs, I, I ask them to describe their, their day to me. And they invariably say, Oh, but today wasn't a normal day. And I say, Well, you know, there's no such thing as a normal day. If you're gonna have a normal day, it just doesn't work out. So let's just look at the day you had and let's multiply that day by 365 times. And that is exactly where your life will be one one year from now. I love that. So if you choose to see the glass half full if you choose to react to everything that happens as a personal affront or um, why you can't get ahead you'll carry that emotional energy with you throughout and you won't have the life you want one one year from now i love that um there's a another story um i'd love to share that was a another experiment where some elderly men were taken to a a hotel and the hotel was like a a time warp and everything was dated from 20 years earlier, even down to the the TV news that was playing magazines. There were no, there were no mirrors on the wall. There was, and these, these men weren't allowed to take anything with them that would remind them of their current life. And there were, like all scientific experiments, there were, there were two groups of men and one group was <laughs> encouraged, encouraged to only speak about the past in terms of reminiscing. Oh, oh look, at, I remember when this happened. I remember when so-and-so was president. I remember um, seeing this on the news. But the other group of men were told to speak of the past as the present. So when they were watching the news, they were encouraged to think of it as actually unfolding, like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this has happened. And to even watch sports games, even though they knew the outcome, to to really immerse themselves in enjoying that as though it was actually happening. 
And after they'd left the hotel, they were only there for a week. The group that was told just to reminisce about um, the good old days, <laughs> they, they had no biological change, but the group that were told to immerse themselves in the past as though it was the present had actually gotten younger wow. in and key biological markers. They'd actually gone back in time because they felt as though they were actually 20 years earlier. Um, I find that I find that fascinating because it's what you choose to, to immerse yourself in. That's not talking about avoiding reality, but um, as you say, something can happen and you can choose to think, wow, that's actually really exciting because I didn't know that or I've learned something generating feelings of excitement or something's gone wrong for me again and generate feelings of negative emotion. But, uh, I was very privileged in the book to interview Kelly Turner, PhD who has done some incredible studies on cancer patients who were given less than 25% of surviving, basically, who have, against all the odds, like my girlfriend, gone into complete remission. And she's written a book, um, Radical Remission and now Radical Hope, and has this incredible movement studying why some people can survive cancer when every medical opinion is that they're not going to make it. And she talks about... There are 10 common factors, but one of the most important is emotional because she said all of the patients who do go to radical into radical remission have found a way to lift themselves out of what is known as the vital flight stage, mm -hmm. you know, that stage of stress and fear. They've worked a way to lift their emotions out of that and then with a few other things, and they're great books. I recommend anyone one read them, but even drinking filtered water, I mean, they're all very, very practical factors. But because they're able to lift themselves out of that fear emotional state, their bodies can heal in remarkable ways. That's amazing. And I, I feel like when you look for stories like that, there's a lot of examples of that like you said, the people actually got younger because they immersed themselves in the environment like it they were living it today, you know, even yes. though it was 20 years ago. And I was I had a question for you that I, uh, I heard. You say you ask yourself five questions each day, and I wanted to know what those five were. <laughs> they all relate to the life I, I want to have in the future and how I can bring it back in the present. So the first one is, um, and if anyone wants a, a copy of, of those questions, if they dive into my, my bio or send me a direct message or email me, I'm really happy to send them over. But the, the first one is the most important, and that is what am I going to do for my future today? That's such an awesome question. People need to ask themselves. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Because if you want to, if you want to, whether it's, and when I talk about success, I, I don't define success by monetary terms, but if you want to be successful, whether it's in, in sport, in business, have an awesome family, it's the decisions you're going to make today that count. I mean, if you want to, it, it, there's no such thing as starting tomorrow. Who knows? Sometimes tomorrow never comes, but it's like, okay, if you want to get, if you want to get fitter if you want to change your life in terms of your health well what are you going to do today and make that decision first thing in the morning and then and then carry that through 
I'm very, I very believe very much in the power of questions. And I think one way I've been able to navigate all the very colorful events that have I happened. I love how you describe that, colorful. <laughs> colorful. <laughs> is I've never asked myself, why me? Why me? Why is this happening to me? Are all really toxic questions. If you could somehow flip that and, and into how can I make sure I get through this? I mean, when I was diagnosed with cancer, my, my children were two and four. I didn't have time in my mind for why me. It was how can I make sure I get through this because I really want to see them, them grow up. What's question two? Question two is um, what can I think about that is the most relevant to the future I want to enjoy. And then the, the next two, it gets it gets pretty detailed, but I'll pop them. We can even potentially put them in the show notes if your yeah, guys would like to doubt. them for themselves. And there's a, a worksheet you can fill in as well. And um, I love how you say the power of questions, because that's such an important thing for people to learn. It's like, if you're not asking questions, it's pro you're probably not moving forward in a way because you're not, you're not challenging yourself. Yeah. And notice the questions you're asking. I mean, one of the, one of the ways that entrepreneurs get stuck is they, they constantly compare themselves to other people in terms of whether or not, um, they're not, they don't feel they've had the same level of meteoric success and meteoric success very rarely exists anyway, but the media portrays it that way. But the, the refusal to, I, I liken it sometimes, particularly when I'm coaching clients through something like imposter syndrome, which, which very much is fested by constant comparison to other people. You know, someone looks more confident or you think they're more confident than you. So you, you compare yourself constantly, but it's not actually based on, on fact. And I liken it to, I said, have you ever seen a race? Let's take out a hundred meter race in the Olympics. Have you ever seen a runner run the entire race with their head turned to watch the person running next to them? <laughs> And I said, well, that's, that, that's how you're living your life. You're, you're running and, and you're constantly looking at the other person. It's not going to help you. And you're not going to do your know? best time. Yeah, that's if you, you make it without tripping over. Exactly. Live Life in Motion is brought to you by CBDMD. I am very pumped to have CBDMD as a partner. They are the most legitimate CBD company out there. All their products are THC-free. They're all third-party tested. Really, they're trusted by a lot of the best athletes in the world. I've used CBD for a long time, and their products at CBDMD are simply the best. I love their gummies. Really, there's a lot of uses for CBD. I like to use it for sleep and really any type of recovery. Um, it really can help inflammation. So go to their site, cbdmd.com. Look up some products and use promo code LIVE25 at checkout and you will save 25% off your order. So it's a pretty darn good deal. Go to CBDMD.com, use promo code LIVE25 at checkout and start living healthier. <laughs> Something that you've, uh, that I think I've experienced and really, you know, most people probably have run into at some point is the post-success blues. Like you accomplish what you've gone after 
and then you wake up that morning and the question you're asking yourself is what's next what what do i do now how can you avoid that moving forward how can people avoid that moving forward I love that question. And that was brought home to me very, very early on, actually, in, a, in an unexpected way. And I know you've played sport at an elite level. And I've always been fascinated with how athletes, in effect, use a lot of feeling forwards because they live as a successful athlete before they win their first tournament or before they win their gold medal. But I had the privilege of interviewing Ian Club many years ago, who had been the human resources director for the Sydney Olympics. And we were talking about his career and I asked him a fairly standard question. I said, what was your greatest achievement in that role? And he said that no one committed suicide. And I said, right. And I asked him to explain. And he revealed that until the Sydney Olympics, in nearly every modern Olympic before that, there had been a number of suicides in the administration and management team of the Olympics. And he made it his personal goal to make sure that didn't happen in Sydney. And we talked it through and it resonated with me because I'd also read stories of many Olympians sliding into depression while they were standing on the podium getting their gold medal because their whole life had been working up to that point, as you say, that the kind of what now, because they'd never been encouraged to think about or to visualise or to imagine what it was like when they stepped off the podium with that gold medal. It was like, yeah, all about getting there. So what Ian and, and his senior team did from the very first day that anyone joined the Olympic um, management or admin team, they talked about what they were going to do after that. So they were encouraged to talk about the jobs that they would have once the Olympics were finished. As the Olympics got closer, they were encouraged to go for job interviews for the roles they would have after the Olympics. And he achieved his goal of no one committed suicide. Mm -hmm. So with the post-success blues, I, I talk about a goal is never an end goal. A goal is just a step on the journey of the life you want to have. If you think of a goal as an ending, yes, it it, it can be devastating. So let's talk about if you're an entrepreneur, okay, so your product's in Walmart or your, your app is on two out of three phones on the planet. Let's talk about how that's going to feel, but then let's talk about how that's going to feel for what you want to do after that. I think there's a, um, I was listening to another podcast myself. I love that you and I are podcast geeks, but um, I was listening and the, the podcast host said, yeah, you know, when you've got absolutely every aspect of your life and it's all working perfectly, you know, your health, your wealth, your um, family and your personal life, when it's all going perfectly. And I thought, you know, it actually never does go perfectly. <laughs> Always something that needs work or you know I used to read in my autobiographies the movie stars that you know go on stage to and accept an Oscar but they've just had a fight with their significant other and they're feeling a bit sad you know it's always um there's always something else and it's finding the ability to feel through what you want to achieve but then feel through to the next stage so you don't get that post-success blues and that's exactly right like I can just people that popped up in my mind would be somebody like Tom Brady, right? The best quarterback of all time. You don't think, like us as outsiders looking in, it's like he's the best he can be. He's the top of the mountain. 
but in his mind there's so much more he can do to get better and that's such an important thing for people to understand no matter where you are you can get better the next day you can get better the next hour you can get better the next year so there's always something for you to do would you suggest people putting like something for them to actually look forward to in their future oh absolutely absolutely i mean i think that's one thing that was so hard during lockdown and um i know everyone's had different experience of the pandemic but in my hometown in australia we had serious lockdown in as much we weren't allowed to go more than five kilometers from our home for food um we had a curfew i mean it was for months and months it was very challenging and during that time i started a a zoom group for some girlfriends of mine just so we could chat and connect once a week and as things wore on and we i used to do a gratitude circle at the end of the zoom call which is you know fairly standard and people can always find something to be grateful for and that was okay but i thought no this isn't really resonating so at the end of one call i said okay what are we looking forward to next week <laughs> and you know it was really sad there's these six little sad faces on my zoom screen and no one said anything and then one gorgeous girl said, oh, well, it's my birthday on Thursday. <laughs> we went, yes, you know, let's look forward to that. And I actually, with, with gratitude, it can get to a point where we can find something to be grateful for, but we don't necessarily feel as though it's something concrete and tangible in the future. Mm-hmm. So that ability to find something and after that we we all said what we were grateful for, but we also said what we were looking forward to, to create that feeling of moving forwards and momentum. And yes, there was something in the in this not too distant future that we could feel positively about. Sure, and um, I know that's always been something that I've had to kind of do in my life as my schedule. I always like having something I can actually know is coming to make me feel good or look forward to. Um, And Elizabeth, I've loved this conversation so much. And I kind of want to leave it with the ball in your court. And you just kind of let people know what your book is about, what they can get from it, and why they should pick it up and read it. Oh, thank you so much. Well, Feeling Forwards is, I believe, and everyone I've worked with, is the, the missing piece of the puzzle. Because we've all had the experience of striving for something and yearning for something and and, and life is is got U-turns and hook turns and sometimes we feel like we're going backwards rather than forwards. But what I really wanted to do with the book was give you, give the reader really tangible ideas and concepts that they could start using not only straight away, but using in their everyday life. So this isn't something that's you're going to find difficult. It's something will remind you of when you did decide to be Superman or a firefighter and run around the house and, and had a different voice and, and put on a hat and all of a sudden you, you were you were transformed. It's a book that I think that will resonate with people that also want to lift themselves out of perhaps where they are now or they feel stuck. And there is a way to do that no matter what circumstances you are facing. And I'm just so excited to, to share that. And I think that might be the most important thing that I understand and I try to use is no matter if people are stuck, there is a way to move forward. And I really think this book can help people start moving forward 
and becoming the person they've always wanted to be or maybe they want to be. Yes, today. That's right, today, <laughs> not tomorrow. <laughs> Elizabeth, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Well, um, a great place to start is my website, which is elizabethgould.com. I'm also active on Instagram, elizabethgould underscore. Uh, There's a podcast, Feeling Forwards. Uh, My articles and blogs are on Medium as well. And I would love to hear from any of your listeners with any questions or, and I'll also um, drop a link to that guide in your show notes as well. Perfect. And I know on your Instagram, you have a link tree there. That was very helpful to me too. I was able to find all your resources and all your work. So awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been an incredible conversation. I know people are going to get a lot out of it. And just thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Sam. It's been so much fun. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, click subscribe on your listening platform for upcoming conversations.